I am the owner of my actions, heir to my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions, and have my actions as my arbitrator. Hello, this is Christy Bates of Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to episode 101 of the Deep South Dharma podcast, being released on Sunday, November 29th, 2020. If you are listening at the time of this release or shortly thereafter, I certainly hope that you're keeping yourself safe physically in terms of being careful around the holidays, but also protecting yourself mentally and emotionally through finding ways to stay connected to others. I've been listening to people share wonderful stories of ways that they have taken advantage of having a bit more downtime to do more connecting in ways that are very meaningful for them, whether it's the Zoom calls that everybody's been doing the last eight months or so, or sitting down to write long, long intended letters, um, letters which I trust are very gladly received in whatever way you send them, whether on paper or through email. Our topic this week is um, typically referred to as the five reflections. This is a study of a section of the uh, Upajatana Sutta, which is the from the Anguttara Nikaya 5.57. The five reflections are often um, referred to across all of traditions, uh, uh, all traditions of the Dharma, and we're using a particular translation of Tanisaro Bhikkhu to feed our um, contemplation today. So we'll get into that uh, shortly after I remind you that Deep South Dharma is available to you both from a Saturday morning, uh, hour-long um, service. We do some chanting, uh, meditation, and discussion together. And then we also offer just a 20-minute meditation time called Midweek Meditation on Wednesdays at 11.30 Central Time. You are welcome to join us at any time for those. The links appear at deepsouthdharma.org. We all know people who are undergoing humongous shifts in their identity right now, sometimes because of a job loss, sometimes because of accommodations we've had to make for ourselves or our loved ones in an effort to protect ourselves from COVID-19, sometimes because we have lost loved ones to the virus. And of course, a myriad of other ways that people are being affected at this time. 
So I thought it was a good time to revisit what is typically referred to as the five reflections. It's a, it's a segment of the Upajatana Sutta, and it goes as follows. There are these five facts that one should reflect on, whether one is a woman or a man, lay or ordained. Which five? I am subject to aging, have not gone beyond aging. This is the first fact that one should reflect on, whether one is a woman or a man, lay or ordained. I am subject to illness, have not gone beyond illness. This is the second fact that one should reflect on often whether one is a woman or a man, lay or ordained. I am subject to death, have not gone beyond death. This is the third fact that one should reflect on often, whether one is a woman or a man, lay or ordained. I will grow different, separate from all that is dear and appealing to me. This is the fourth fact that one should reflect on often, whether one is a woman or a man, lay or ordained. I am the owner of my actions, heir to my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions, and have actions as my arbitrator. Whatever I do for good or for evil, to that I will fall heir. These are the five facts that one should reflect on often, whether one is a woman or a man, lay or ordained. The five reflections are a wonderful example of the Buddha's middle way. The middle way is not only a path between self-indulgence on the one end and self-flagellation on the other, but also the Buddha taught a middle way between views of a fixed permanent self that travels from lifetime to lifetime, uh, somehow sort of not changed at the core. Um, and on the other extreme, uh, this sort of doctrine of no self at all, which actually sometimes gets attached to Buddhism, that is not useful and not in line with the Buddha's teaching. When we look at the phrasing, I am subject to aging, I am subject to growing ill, I am subject to die, this is clearly taking the voice of one who is identified with the body. And it would seem that what the Buddha is suggesting is that by frequent reflection on these facts, one begins to break down that sense of identification with the body. Um, and of course, to say, I am of the nature to age, I'm of the nature to grow ill, I'm of the nature to die, those have to do with the body. And it's also, um, if we take it at face value, it sounds like the Buddha is saying, oh, and once the body is gone, so am I gone. And then in the fourth fact, the Buddha is also pinning us down about the fact that uh, I am subject uh, to, I will grow different, separate, right? From, in other places, it says, uh, other translations will say, separated from everyone and everything dear to me. 
Now, this not only describes the moment of death, although the moment of death certainly reflects that reality, but this actually happens to us throughout our lives. These, maybe what we call them smaller deaths that happen as we change. Sometimes our opinions or emotions change about certain situations. Sometimes circumstances separate us from a job, a loved one, um, our status, some other situation, and we become changed in the process. And so the Buddha is pointing out um, that if I am looking to pin down a sense of self in the body, I'm not going to find it there. If I'm pinning, trying to pin it down in a sense of my accomplishments, my role in the world, my identity in worldly terms, um, even my um, connections um, to, to the people I hang out with or the family I'm born into, he's pointing out that even that changes. But I think it's really valuable to recognize that, on the other hand, the Buddha is saying that there are some things in this world that do belong to us, that do uh, that that do stay. I think the phrase was "my closest companions," um, or in some versions, it talks about our actions being closest companions. So again, let me revisit that last fact. I am the owner of my actions, heir to my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions, and have my actions as my arbitrator. So this is a really powerful statement because this is stated after the Buddha has clearly shown us this sense of self dying in terms of the body and dying in terms of our connection to worldly goods, worldly situations. And yet, there is something that belongs to us, something that continues. And not only that, um, you know, it, it may be that even someone who, who hasn't um, had much interest in spiritual develop, development might say, oh, well, sure, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm the owner of my actions. You, you know, you make your bed, you lie in it. Um, that's a phrase that gets said in the Southern part of the United States. I'm not sure if it's said everywhere, but I'm sure some version of that is said everywhere. So there is, I think even most people, people, even people that aren't terribly contemplative have the, at the, um, have a concept of being the owner of their actions. What we may not be as aware of is being heir to our own actions that the me that I experience myself to be, my experience right this moment, and that may, may be helpful to speak in terms of my experience in this moment rather than who I am. My experience in this moment is determined by millions of previous mind moments, millions of previous choices, actions in thought, word, and deed. Also, this sense of self as it travels through life, through circumstances, is born of my actions. Really valuable to pay attention to the phrase related through my actions. What does it mean to be related through my actions? 
I think this is one that we can pay particular attention to right now in a way that's useful to us. Here we are at this time in history with perhaps more awareness than ever that we are not in charge of everything. In fact, there's really only a handful of things we can be in charge of. And so how do we choose to be in relationship to those things? I can be aware of hunger in the world and my relationship to that. I can take action around that that makes me miserable, that uh, makes me feel guilty if I have enough to eat, um, makes me feel um, uh, guilty for being alive even. I have seen that extreme in people. Or I can become related to that subject through my actions by dedicating some portion of my income to feeding others whether that feeding is the feeding of uh, physical food or providing the means for other people to, to earn a living, to grow their own food, whatever that is. So this concept of being related through my actions can be really valuable to us right now when there's so much that's overwhelming for us. I think I've said in earlier episodes that, you know, one of the, th- one of the most useful Uh, helpful things to do is to, if we feel completely flattened uh, by our circumstances and feel powerless to do anything about systemic injustice, a really lovely thing to do is that every time there is pain over that, to donate some small amount of money toward people who know how to handle that, toward organizations that are, are working to make changes in our systems that are just for all of humanity. Lastly, this idea of having my actions as my arbitrator. You know, that word arbitrator is really interesting. This idea of my actions being this arbitrator between me and the world, right? And so what this says to me is that the Buddha did not claim that I do not exist nor did he claim that the other, the world out there, does not exist. He is saying there's something here that is me. It's not my body, right? It's not my attachments. It's not my degrees or my job or my whatever. But there is something that is me that is has some reality to it. There is an other. There is a world out there that responds. And how is that? response determined, it is determined by my actions, actions of thought, actions of word, actions of deed. And so for those of us that are on either end, again, with this recognition of the Buddha's middle way, we can have an inflated sense of our power in the world. We can have a deflated sense of our participation in the world. And what the Buddha is asking us to pay attention to is that we have our actions as arbitrators between ourselves and each other, between ourselves and this world. So you're not nothing is what I'm trying to say. 
in the wake of whatever changes you've experienced this year. There may be times that you feel like nothing compared to how you saw yourself before. And what these five reflections can do for you is to help you see yourself maybe as more than you ever saw yourself before. Let's just give ourselves a minute to let that settle. grateful for my connection to you, a person who would listen to a podcast about the Dharma. If you know others who might value this podcast, please do share it with them. And if you would like to be involved in the financial support of this podcast, you can do that for just 99 cents a month at anchor.fm slash deepsouthdharma. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. We hope you'll feel welcome to share this with anyone you think would find it useful. And as always, feel free to message us your feedback, questions, or topics of interest. Until we meet again, take good care of this body, mind, and heart.